You know, I come here Sunday after Sunday, but I always feel so welcomed. And it always feels so good to walk through those doors. You know, our Christian journey can sometimes take twists and turns that we don't expect, can't it? Life has a way of sneaking in and surprising us. But through it, we know, as we sing, that, that we have God's grace is with us. He's with us to support and encourage us. He's there to lead us and to continue to teach us as we go along the way. And this morning, I just want to reflect a little bit on, on his presence and what it means to have him in our lives. And as we journey through life, know that the unexpected is going to happen. Anybody ever notice that? Sometimes life just has a way of going, surprise, here I am. And it just lets us know that we still have a pulse. We still have a heartbeat. I want to share um, a, a scripture before we get started. It's just something I felt led to, to, to read for us today. And it's in Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. If any of you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Having the same love, being one in spirit and one of mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, Value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of of God the Father. I entitled the talk this morning, Here We Grow Again. And it wasn't a typo. It's not here we go again, which is the typical phrase. It's here we grow again. Because sometimes, like I said, life has a way of sneaking in and teaching us new lessons. Regardless of what age, what level of maturity we're at, or we think we're at, God has a way of just reaching in and teaching us new things. And I think that the Christian life, our, our, our journey is like a, a spiral, kind of like a spring, right? It has a beginning and an end, but it just kind of coils up. And as we're moving along, sometimes we might feel like we're sliding backwards a little bit on the, on the coil, but, but for the most part, it's moving forward and moving upwards. But it's every good, co every coil has an end. 
And then we have to come back to the beginning and go through it again. So we don't graduate it like we would school, going from grade one to grade two to grade three and so on. Right? We don't go to you know, Christian university and take first year, second year, third year. It's a continual journey spiraling upwards. And as we're going, we learn lessons. We learn key things. We have experiences. We, we look at scripture and we, we read and we meditate on it. We think about it. We try to apply it to our lives. And we come to a place and all of a sudden we just kind of think that we've got it all figured out. Anybody ever been there? Think you've got life figured out. You've got God all figured out. You've got, you've got relationships figured out. You know, guys, we've got women figured out, right? But all of a sudden, we just caught with the realization. It's like, I don't know anything. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves right back at the beginning again, going back up that, that, that coil. I've had experiences like that with, in my Christian journey, where I thought, you know, stuff that I've taught all the years about salvation and, and baptism and all the things in, in Scripture. But then one day, I just I got up and I said, what is Christianity all about? Who is God? And what that caused me to do was start to go back through, dig through my notes, dig through what I thought I knew, and, and find new references. Have you ever read through Scripture? You know, you could read a passage 5, 10, 15, 20 or more times. All of a sudden, one day, one word or one sentence in that passage sticks out like you've never seen it before. Have you ever experienced that? Or you read a book, your favorite book, you might read it over and over again. Or watch your favorite movie. Movies are great for that because they're great with the one-liners. And all of a sudden, it's like, I don't remember hearing that. I don't remember seeing that. I don't remember reading that. And it hits us in a different way. It's because we're, we're growing in a spiral. We're growing in a circle. We're always, always growing. So that we never come to a place where we've arrived. We may think we've arrived. And many of us do that. We think we've arrived sometimes. But God always keeps us on a journey. Think of Israel when they first came out as a nation. What happened to them? They wandered around the mountain over and over and over again. And I'm sure that it probably dawned on them several times going, I think we've seen that rock before, right? And as they just kind of circle around again. Why? Because God was teaching them lessons. He was taking things deeper. He was helping them understand who he was at a deeper level. And that's what he has for us. And so sometimes we can go through experiences where we think, I've been here before. I've experienced this before. What do I need to learn from it? Because that's, 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 that's the hope that God has, is that we will learn from it, that we will grow from it. I just came out of probably one of the most exhausting weeks I've had in, in forever. I mean, just, just physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, I was just exhausted. I was helping a, a friend get their home ready to sell, so I offered to do some renovations just to kind of clean things up a little bit. So physically, I was doing stuff through the day, which meant that the stuff that I needed to get done through the day for myself had to be done at nighttime. So that I was up till 12 and 1 o'clock in the morning and then back up at 5 and 6 o'clock in the morning to go back at it again. And so I got very tired. Plus, I was thinking about this word, I don't just get up in the morning and go, oh, I think I'll just talk about this today. I think about it through the week. I ponder on the scripture. A month ago, you know, Aubrey said, you know, asked me to step in and, and, and share, and I thought, okay, I'm going to talk on this and this. 
Last week, Scott asked me, he says, what are you going to be saying? I'm going to be teaching on this and this. Surprise! Right? Life, life happens. Life changes things. I went through an exhausting week, and I thought, I'm probably not the only one that's gone through an exhausting week. Emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. And when those four things happen in our lives, it can set us up for disaster or set us up for greater success. Fifteen years ago, I was at one of the busiest points in times in my life. I was running my renovation construction company, and it was growing like crazy. I had work coming out like crazy, and that my team was growing, lots of contracts, and it was nothing to work 60 or more hours a week in my business. And, and it wasn't uncommon for me to go 24 hours without sleep. I know doctors in the house wouldn't recommend that, but I would go 24 hours. I mean, I remember one, one Saturday I had a project I had to finish. It took me into the, the late at night, into early Sunday morning, I worked till 5 o'clock in the morning, went home, got changed, cleaned up, went over my notes, and went to church and preached two sermons that morning. So it was nothing for me to put in those kind of hours. And on top of that, I was ministering in my spare time. I was ministering as well. And so it was, I was putting in 20-plus hours a week on that. And I was getting exhausted it was getting harder and harder for me to get up and go through the grind. Anybody ever been there? Just getting up and just going through the grind, going through the routine, facing the job, facing the career, facing the stuff that we have to do. And I was getting tired and tired. And I was crying out to God saying, I need support. I need help administratively. I need help with, with projects I'm doing. I need help with, and just crying out for this. And I remember coming up to the, the youth center and, and just ready to teach one Sunday morning. A little bit of back history in, in the church that I served at, I was invited to put in my application for three positions as associate pastor, and three times I was overlooked, saying that I was good enough to be a youth pastor, but not good enough to be a, a lead pastor in the church. And so all this weight was, was pushing on me, because I really felt that that was the call of my life, was to be a pastor. And so I worked towards that. And so I served tirelessly. I gave endlessly to, to pursue that. So that one morning, walking up with the youth, going into the youth center, and I said, God, I've got nothing left. I've got nothing left to give. Either you step in and bring some help, or, or I don't know what I'm going to do. And in that moment, God didn't answer the way I thought he was going to answer. And I ended up crashing and burning. And I had to step out of leadership. I had to step out of my role in, in the position in the company. Today, I look at it in a different lens. And that's what I want to share. Share on the, the Gethsemane moment. Right? We're all familiar with that story of Jesus being in the Garden of Gethsemane, taking the, 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 the disciples with him, asking them to sit with him and pray. And what happened? They fell asleep. But he went off and prayed. And it was in that moment that, that Jesus could have walked away from it all. You realize that. Because he, although he was God, right, he was still flesh. He still had this flesh thing to deal with. And it was the weight of that that was, that was, was, was burdening him. 
It was the weight of that that he was struggling with. It was the weight of that that he was asking everyone to pray for him. Because in that moment, he could have gone either way. He could have just said, this is way too much for me. He could have focused on what was happening and his own strength to carry it through, to, to exercise, to, take it, to carry it out. And in that moment, he could have just said, this is way too much for me, I'm out. And he could have tapped out at any moment. The Bible tells us that, that he had a, a myriad of angels that he could have called on to help him at any time. What that means is he just had a lot of guys in his corner that he could have called on at any moment to help him out. But in that moment, it was the stress. I mean, I've, I've, I've sweated while being stressed out. That's not a fun place. I couldn't imagine being stressed out to the point that he was with droplets of blood coming because he was just so stressed out. But it was in that moment that he could have walked away from it all. And it's the moments like that that oftentimes we walk away from things. I know I did. I ended up stepping out of leadership because I couldn't carry on. Because in that moment, rather than focusing on God and his presence, I was more focused on the problems. And where our attention goes, our energy goes. So the thing that we focus on is what consumes us. What, what we focus on is where our energy goes. And so when we focus on the stresses in our lives, the things that are troubling us, that's, that's where our energy goes. Rather than looking up. And see, in that moment, that was my mistake. That I relied more on my own strength. Because that's what we're taught, isn't it? Rise up. Rise above. Be strong. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Right? We're, we're taught these things as we're growing up. But the things in Scripture are often counterintuitive. They're often the opposite. Right? Jesus talks about being a servant rather than being focused on being a leader. And he came and lived that out as an example to us. One of the things that often rises up when we get tired is, is some things that we've, we've passed that we thought we, we've dealt with from our past. I'm, I'm dyslexic. And I learned this when I was younger, that I couldn't trust anything that I read. I, ha I could read something two or three times and get the same thing out of it. I had to be really careful how I read things. And it was, I learned this by accident because I was often applauded with laughter in, in classrooms. You know, when I volunteered to read out loud, I would invertly read the sentence in the wrong order. I'd read the words in the wrong order and I'd be laughed at. Or I'd volunteer to go to the blackboard to spell out a word and I'd, I'd turn the letters around. I'd put them in backwards or upside down or put them in the wrong order. So I learned that, that that was something that I had to deal with. And so I knew that I couldn't trust anything I read. And I've learned how to deal with that throughout my life. There's an old expression that says, measure twice and cut once. Right? How many, how many have ever heard that? Right? Measure twice and cut once. Right? In other words, you know, make sure your measurement is correct before you cut a piece of material or cut anything up because you want to make sure before. And I know that. My rule is to do it three times. Because the first two times I can't trust. The third time I, can, I, I think I've got it. So this week, as I said, I was very exhausted. I was just really exhausted going through this week. 
And I was cutting some material to help this person out of their home. I measured it three times. I used my rule, I measured it three times. I wrote it down on a piece of paper. I went home and I went and cut that piece of material. I took it back to said house to put that piece of material in and I cut it wrong. After checking three times, after checking my measurements, checking, my, checking everything, I still cut it wrong. And I remember thinking, I should know better. I should know this by now. I'm 63 years old. I've dealt with dyslexia all my life. I should know better. And what happened was the dimension was 27 and 7 eighths. I still remember it. It'll be etched in my mind forever. 27 and 7 eighths. I cut it 22 and 7 eighths. I saw the two twice instead of seeing a seven. But I got so frustrated with myself. And we can get like that, can't we? We can get frustrated with us and think, you should know better than that by now. You should know better than to, you know, eat six donuts for breakfast. You should know better than to sleep in and wait till five minutes before you need to be at some place. You should know. And you fill in the blank. But we get like that, don't we? We can get ourselves caught up in situations like that and forget whose we are. And it's easy for those voices to start coming and ringing back in our head. And we can get down on ourselves. In Matthew 20, Jesus called the, the disciples together. Up to this point, two of the boys came to him and came with the mom, James and John. They came with their mother, and the mom says, I want you to promise me that you give these guys a good seat in heaven when, it, when the time comes. And, and Jesus said, look, that's, that's not up to me, right? That's up to God. And then the other disciples, they started mumbling a little bit because they heard what these guys were requesting. So they, they, Jesus called them together, and he said, you know that the rulers and the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Even though Jesus knew that that was the call on his life, he still wrestled in Gethsemane. Even though he knew that was the direction and the plan and the purpose that God the Father had for him, he still wrestled in Gethsemane. And you and I still wrestle in Gethsemane. We still wrestle over that, do I step out and do that or do I not do that? Do I follow through? Because sometimes it's hard, isn't it? If we, if we have tension or, or stresses going on in our home life, Sometimes it can be hard when we walk up the doorway or we're walking up the driveway to grab hold of the door to go through in the other side. It can be hard to step through. It can be hard to step into workplaces if there's you know, a toxic environment or, or disgruntled employees that you work with or serve with. It can be hard to step into that. It can be hard to step into church meetings or into business meetings knowing what's waiting on the other side. It can be hard going to doctor's office or going to dentists, knowing what's waiting on the other side. But here's the Gethsemane moment. The grace to, keep, to carry Jesus through wasn't in the prayer. 
It wasn't in him sitting in the garden. It was when he stepped out and made that decision. That's when grace comes. That's when peace comes. That's when strength comes. That's when confidence comes. That's when this stuff happens. We could sit and do absolutely nothing, and grace wouldn't come. Peace won't come. It's not until we actively step into the thing that God is calling us to. In that moment when I was in the youth center and I was focused more on my problems, more on what was going on around me, I was disconnected from God. I was crying out to him, but I was focused on my problems, saying, you fix it, you answer it, you take care of it, you look after this, rather than connecting my heart with him and saying, I need you as a source to get through that. Because all these years later, I see that lesson in a completely different lens. I look at it and think it was the best thing that never happened to me because it allowed me to go down a different pathway. Here I am today, uh, a young boy that was suffered from dyslexia, had problems with English all the way through high school. In high school, in grade nine, I had, I had about a grade five reading level. By the time I turned 16, I quit because I just, I just didn't like it. I just wanted to get out of that environment. Today, I meet with people all over the world and help them lay out plans for their books and help them publish books. Imagine the, the irony of that. I say that to say this, that sometimes God sees more in us than we see in ourselves. Sometimes he can see that there's a deeper lesson that we need to learn because there's more in us than we can ever imagine. We look at the problems and we look at the circumstances and we look at the situations and it may seem insurmountable for us to overcome them. It may seem impossible for us to ever find a solution. But God's in the business of doing that. Think of Ezekiel. In the desert of the dry bones, what happened? God prayed and raised up an army out of dry bones. There's nothing that God can't do. The responsibility of us is to call on him. And as we call on him, be willing to step into it. Because it's there that grace comes. Grace just doesn't hang around like in a glass of water that we can take and consume any time. Grace only comes as we step out. And Jesus, in that Gethsemane moment, the real story happened when he turned and said, let's go, rather than saying, I'm out of here. And the Gethsemane moment in our lives happens when we turn and say, let's go. Let's face this. Let's, let's, let's connect. Let's trust in God. Let's step out. And then we'll see the remarkable happen. Then we will see the miracles happen. Then we will see things begin to unfold like never before. So if you've had a tired week, if you've had a, a stressful week, if you've had a surprising week, it's okay to rest. It's okay to take some time out and just rest. But can I encourage you with all that I have in me, don't stay there. Don't you dare stay in that place. Because the grace and the love of God will fill us as we move forward.
as we move forward, as we step out of that. If we wallow in that, that's all we'll experience. If we could sit and just say, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I'm spent, I, woe is me, I've got nothing, I, can go another, I can't get over this dyslexia. But when we turn and say, no, greater is he that is where? That is in me than he that is in the world. One of my favorite psalms is Psalm 121. And in it, the psalmist says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. The assurance that we have is that God is with us. Doesn't say that he's going to take all our problems away. Doesn't say he's going to solve all the things, but he's going to be with us. Jesus' Gethsemane moment led him to a cross where he gave up his life. But ultimately fulfilled the purpose that God had for him. In those Gethsemane moments that you and I face, I want to encourage you to look up to the mountains, look up to the sky, look up to the heavens, and call upon God and say, I need you. I can't do this on my own. I can't make another meeting. I can't make another appointment. I can't make another phone call. I can't make another doctor's appointment. I need you. And it's in that moment that we turn and say, I can trust in that. I have confidence in that, that his grace and strength will lead us on. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful that regardless of the kind of week that we've had, Regardless of what we've experienced, you are faithful and just, and you will meet us right where we are. Many of us have experienced events throughout this week that we didn't imagine we would have to face. Yet you are with us. And we choose to turn to you in this moment we choose to step into your presence and have confidence that your grace, your love, your peace will support and be with us. God, when we find ourselves in, in, in times and moments where it seems impossible to carry on, will you cause us just to pause and turn our eyes up to you? Will you cause us to get our eyes off of our problems and look to you, the solution? Will you remind us of this simple message of just how the Gethsemane moment can change the course and the history of our lives? 